You're listening to The Real Short Box, a comic book podcast made for geeks by geeks. Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming out and listening to The Real Short Box. My name is Donald. And my name is Supreme Chancellor Kevin. And I'm Darren and have decided to take away your title of Supreme Chancellor. Oh. You lost the election fair and square, sir. <laughs> no, I did not. Yes, you did. No, I yes, did Yes, you did. I remember. Well, then in that case, perhaps I'm just going to have to take it from you. Well, has a Whoa. Supreme Chancellor ever been elected anywhere? Yeah, I don't think so. I think they usually well, just take whatever they want. Well, we select ourselves. It, it kind of works well with what we're going to be talking about today because we're going to be talking about world domination and basically kind of a what-if scenario. Like, who got the closest to world domination? Or, in other words, who, if given the right materials, can possibly conquer the world and maybe even the universe. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's a wide variety of comic characters that we reviewed. And obviously, we're not going to bore you to death with our process and everything. But there is a process behind this. And at the end of the day, is it our opinion? Sure. But look, it's a lot of research that gets put into this. And not every single person is capable of world domination. Mm-mm. I didn't think for one second, you know, like Electro could dominate the world. Mm, no, not really. No, I was thinking uh, sometimes it's uh, it's pure... Uh, ego that gets in the way you know yeah but also too some people they also don't have the power to dominate the world oh, yeah. we're talking about the world here everybody so you're going to probably hear some of your absolute favorite characters being brought to life in this uh, with all that being said who wants to kick this off shouldn't it be you yeah i vote for darren uh, see the problem is were i a supreme chancellor you wouldn't be voting uh, since I am the Supreme Chancellor, <laughs> I'm making you go here first. We go. Okay, here we go again. All right, so here we <laughs> go, guys. So here's the way I kind of look at this. When it comes to world domination, there's a lot of certain things, of course, you have to consider. Uh, they say when you're writing a story that a hero is only as good as their villain. Well, when it came to world domination, for me, a villain is only as good as the hero that stands in their way. And for me, I'm going to have to go with Brainiac, guys. Uh, Especially teaming with Lex Luthor. To me, there's no question that Brainiac has all the tools to dominate the world, and he was the absolute closest. Okay, obviously, just a quick review. Mm -hmm. Technopathy. He can transfer his consciousness into computers and organic life forms. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Do you guys remember that movie Oblivion with Tom Cruise? Yes. Yes. Okay, so essentially they're gathering water off the planet, this so-called alien race and and whatever. So Tom Cruise is essentially a clone, and there's Tom Cruise's basically all over the planet doing this. These people legitimately had no understanding why they were doing what they were doing and no memory of why they were doing it. This realistically is what Brainiac can do to your mind, and not just an individual, multitudes of people. He can absolutely conquer your consciousness, and you will never, ever know. That's pretty scary. Think about this, because in many ways, to win wars, you're not necessarily firing shots all the time. Mm-hmm. You could absolutely conquer somebody without ever firing shots. And this is the ultimate one for me. Obviously, he's telepath, kinetic. Rivals the strength of Superman. Now, I would debate under certain circumstances he could defeat Superman. And anybody who can defeat Superman, who's going to get in your way? 
Like, seriously, if you defeat Superman... Batman. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what about the Spectre? And by absolutely, I mean absolutely not. Yeah. Clipso, even. That's true, Clipso. There's, yeah, we have lots of powerful people, but from mm-hmm. my point of view, I just don't know, how do you defeat Superman? You know, like, oh, well, he has this vulnerability to kryptonite. How much kryptonite is there in the world? Have Magneto make some. <laughs> yeah. that's a throwback to one of our old uh old. comic book battles that we did uh the superhero smackdowns which you can find in the archives now, now do you guys also remember like they call brainiac the collector of worlds this is a man who essentially like you know correct me if i'm wrong but basically he shrinks down these worlds into like his his little thing if you can shrink down an entire world how could you not dominate the known world that's true. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that uh, he's thinking about preservation to an extreme. Basically, he was like, okay, well, you know, the these people can't police themselves. Uh, they're going to end up blowing up their planet or whatever. So I need to just take pieces of these planets. I want to start my own cosmic zoo, basically. Right, yeah, and create a cosmic zoo and, and have all these uh, under lock and key. I, I get that to a point. Uh, one of my favorite things that Brainiac did is when he took over the internet <laughs> and he had factories building his own robots to help, you know, take over Earth. Mm-hmm. That's really extraordinary power. I don't know how many supervillains are capable of this. Um, so according to an article in Business Insider, okay, just think about this. <clears throat> A power grid attack would essentially... Uh, it, it would just destroy the United States for days, possibly weeks, okay? We're talking about a standstill in a country uh, if the grid shut down. Bigger consequences than a natural disaster, depending on who you ask. No, lights out, no phone, internet, heating, air, conditioning. We're very dependent on our power grid. Could you imagine the possibility? This is possibly a story if you want a big brainiac back. Attacking the power grid, as this is in the news quite frequently. He easily could do that. And some once again, you could defeat us without firing a shot mm-hmm. so that to me is the big thing he's got the hero in his way that is a virtually indestructible hero and this man can do things without you realizing he actually did them to you and i think that is the most effective way at world domination i don't think throwing bombs threatening with force is necessarily as effective as the tactic brainiac is able to use <clears throat> i can get that i can dig that there's always a, a counter, even, no matter what we mention. When I come to mention somebody, there's somebody's going to have a counter to that. There's always a way because that, otherwise, how does the hero win? You know, that you have to create these scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were mentioning Brainiac and you were talking about mind control and stuff, the first thing that popped in my head was Starro. Mm. Starro the Conqueror. Starro the World Conqueror. Basically, it's a giant starfish that throws down tiny starfish that if it lands on you, will then make you part of the hive mind that is the giant star. You will do anything he tells you it's to. It's kind of a less violent version of the uh, the Xenomorph facehugger. In a way. Uh, in a, ne- like less, like he won't kill you. It'll well, just, well just maybe an appearance, but appear- I think he's he's talking, sorry, I, mm-hmm. I think he's talking more along the lines of maybe like a puppet master. Kind oh, of yeah. like a puppet master, yes. Yeah, more yes. like a puppet master. We don't want them bursting out of their chests yes. and creating more staros. <laughs> Um, because I, I don't think that that's going to be conducive to, work. to what you want it to do. You know, what you want these people to do. You want them to go about their business and when you need them, you know, imagine that you could in 
play God. And if you were bored, you could say, well, I'm going to make that guy just drop everything and fight this other guy for no reason. But you can't just, you have to have some type of a semblance of creating a, a reason in the mind of the other surrounding people. So was this guy unstable? How was his childhood? You know, things like that start to come into play that people start to try to put together. But if their mind's controlled, then there's really nothing that you need to say or do. And these other people aren't thinking anything. They're, they're just going about their business. And these two people are just beating the snot out of each other just for the whim and the joy of the puppet master, mm-hmm. which in which case it's not really so much. I guess it's world domination, but it's it's more about just I don't I don't know, like complete control uh, and creating nothing. Like if you create, you're, you're just controlling, and just for the fact of controlling, which cre- you're creating nothing, and that's the that's probably the scariest part about that. You're not trying to do anything. You're not trying to make anything better. You have no cause. You're you know you're just trying to control, just to, for the sake of control. And he has the tools. I'm assuming he has a, virtually an infinite amount of these stars that he can throw. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, if you've got the tools <laughs> to be able to take over the world, once again, you're not having to kill anybody. You just have to just basically drop a star on him and memory is wiped. <laughs> but you know, some supervillains get off on killing a bunch of people. Some do. That's true. Some, some do. Maybe do even you might know some. Yeah. Supervillains. Well, supervillains. And if you don't, you can always stop at the number one comic shop in the entire United States, Spiros Heroes. Oh, sorry to interrupt everyone. Just wanted to mention real quick about a shop in Canoga Park, California called Spiro's Heroes. Elliot, the proprietor of the store, has over 300,000 books in what's called the Temple of Comics. That's Spiro Heroes in Canoga Park. Spiro'sHeroes.com All right, okay. Well, if that doesn't give you an idea on where you can find some uh, some truly villainous characters and some great stories, I don't know what will. You, sh- you should always visit the Temple of Comics to get your fix of super villainy. And you said the best comic shop in the United States. Mm-hmm. 100% verified true. You better believe it. I've been all over. <laughs> you can just ask around. That's true. You've visited many comic shops across this great land, and mm-hmm. you can verify with authenticity and ver and veracity. A, a lot of shops have their own uniqueness and are very very good to a particular point. Some cater more towards the new books. Some cater more towards the variants. Uh, there's a new shop that just popped up in uh, in the Chatsworth area. We can be heroes. That's correct. Uh, very recently, and uh, they seem to uh, specialize a lot in variant covers. Of yes, books. yes, they're a lover of variant covers. So if you do want to get some variants, I would recommend hitting them up or looking them up on Instagram the or land Facebook. Of variant books. Well, what's kind of interesting too is, especially when you pop across comic shops across the land, you know. A lot of them are older, and there's a certain datedness factor to it. And some people prefer that, and some people do not. But, I mean, there's a shop we go to in Burbank from time to time that looks a little more fresh, a little less dated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, if that's your thing, go there. But for those of us that are like, wow, you know, these comics, you're buying comics that were published in the 60s, in the 70s. You know, you don't need a 2019 spin on it necessarily. Yeah, and I don't care how much uh, air freshener you have. You're not going to make those books smell new. Those <laughs> and books, nor should you. No, those books have a have an old must smell to them because, yes. uh, you know, it's paper. It's, it's printed paper. paper. It's old. Newsprint. That's what comic book collectors, when they go into a shop and they're hardcore collectors, that's what they want to smell. They, they want to sniff the they, classic newsprint. Right. 
Yeah, Elliot, the owner of Spiro's Heroes, he's still to this day. I've seen him do it, Kevin. You've seen him too. <laughs> he'll pull out a book out of a plastic and he'll open the page and he'll bury his nose like right down in there and oh, smell the, the paper, the book itself. That retro smell. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin gets high off it, actually. Well, mm-hmm. why shouldn't you? Sexually, actually. Well, I don't know about that, but I get high enough that it brings joy to my heart. Mm. World domination. And his penis. World domination. Kevin, what are your thoughts on on villains? The potential at world domination. Well, one of my personal favorites, and this kind of coincides a little bit with Donald, Dr. Doom. Okay, now mm. if you're He's gonna... worth $100 billion, according to... Now, now, real quickly, Kevin, real quickly. before you do this, yes. and for the next few sentences, could you please speak as Doom in the third person? All right. Dr. Doom. Who, he refers to himself as Doom. Doom does not care to refer to Doom as Doom. Doom gets what he wants. Doom will dominate. Doom says as he pleases and does whatever he pleases. $100 billion? Really? Yes, according to like the fictional... Well, he owns Latvia, right? Yeah, why not? Latveria owns the land. Is it Latvia or Latveria? Latveria. Latveria. Lat- Latvia is like a real country, correct? Yes, Latvia is a real country. Okay. The Baltic. Yeah, okay. yes. well... You don't want that one. Then. Well, that's messed up. <laughs> Have some respect. So, Doom, share with us, Doom. Well, let's see here. Doom, Doom, Doom. I want to hear. Uh, what's his face that played Bane? Oh, I can't do that. Talking about Doom. Yeah, I want, to, <laughs> I want him to say Doom. I can't do that. Who is that guy? What's his name? I can't remember his name. The guy who played Bane. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Thank you, Tom Hardy. My goodness. Played Venom too. Yeah, yeah, and he's playing. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, he could play two like, coming like, up. Weird. Talented, right? Isn't it great how it's we very we always cut Kevin off when he's about to make a point? Yeah, it's a real talent. It is. It's a very good talent. But now you will be doomed. <laughs> Doom has genius level intellect, technopathy, energy absorption. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's technopathy? You can't ab- just say it. The ability to use technology to your advantage to take over technology. Telepathically. Yes. Telepathically? Like just You're like, shitting me. He just like control- Brainiac. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So Doom could essentially fight Brainiac over yes, he can. your Blu-ray player. Yes, he can. It's basically the ability to control and manipulate electronics with the mind. Can you imagine and, 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 and his power suit can do it? Sitting on a couch with you and you're trying to watch something. <laughs> Doom does not care for this. Doom wants to watch. Doom wants to watch. Doom wants to watch Game of Thrones. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Brainiac's like, I'm kind of hankering for Stranger Things. <laughs> No, what do you do? What do you I know. Do? You got a back problem. and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And your remote control is going to be useless. Doom does not care what Brainiac wants. Oh, boy, God. And then you've got Conan the Barbarian sitting in the other chair, <laughs> just slicing shit Do- with his sword. Doom does not like the iPhone. I- Doom likes the smartphone. Let's make them fight. Yes. <laughs> I think that would be a. Yeah, because basically, basically, like I said, I'll repeat again, technopathy is the ability to control and manipulate electronics with mm-hmm. your mind. I mean, how, how awesome is that? Pretty awesome. Let's dude. ask Brainiac. Who I said would dominate the world. Well, first True. of all, can Brainiac use uh, energy absorption and projection, mind transference, demonic summoning via dark mysticism and sorcery? Can Brainiac do that? Now, Brainiac, in my view, can pretty much do all those things. The sorcery I would call into question, though, because it depends how you define sorcery. It's true. If he was using technology back in the middle 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 ages, uh, you know that could be defined as sorcery. Well, Doom has access to sorcery knowledge of thousands and thousands, if not millions, of years. Okay. So therefore, 
Doom can take care of business. But how does this fit into world domination? Doom can use his sorcery to actually... Actually, at one point, he had the ability to become the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh! So what does that tell you? At one point, he also became uh, Doom God. The yes. Doom God, right? Doom I God. believe is what he called himself, yes. the Doom God. He defeated the Beyonder. And as, you, and as many of the audience may know or may not know, the Beyonder was a multiversal, powerful, godlike figure. He became the creator of all and the ender of all. Yes. Doom became the beginning and the end. Because Doom is it was the alpha. <laughs> Doom is the alpha and the omega. Of course. Everything rested upon his shoulders. And he was like, I mean, he was a god. He's, he's like Zeus, basically, is what you could call him. Oh, he was on Mount Olympus. Doom is above Zeus. But <clears throat> one, one, one thing that I can test always is that with, with world domination, villain is as good as, as their hero. Now, the Fantastic Four are yes. quite yes. a difficult uh, barrier for yes. Doctor Doom. Mr. Fantastic is, for what it's worth, somewhat of Doom's equal. You know, why didn't, why didn't Doom ever have, like, the Doom 5? You know, it's a good question, but I think his ego as such is, like... Doom does not need others. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or if, or, if does, or if Doom does need others, it's just temporarily. Well, it's a shame because if he did, uh, could play well with others, I know exactly uh, one person that uh, he could work well with. And, oh, I think I know who this is. Yeah. Who is it? Should I, should I say? Please say his name. I, I went with Lex Luthor on mine. And I normally, normally I don't like to talk about Lex Luthor because... He's been talked about a million goddamn times in the movies and television shows. Mm -hmm. That's all you hear: Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor. I like Brainiac. I like hearing about that. When they did the small, uh, the uh, what was it, Krypton, Krypton. series? Krypton, yeah. yeah, doing the Krypton series and doing um, uh, Brainiac and that. That was brilliant. I was like, okay, Long I'm, time I'm, coming. I'm all in. Yeah, because it's finally somebody besides Lex Luthor <laughs> that I don't have to hear about. But. How he can work is Doom has he has a, a, a an ego problem. Plus he has a um, he has a, he's one of those um, he's a John Kerry, you know he's just very uh, one note, bland. monotone, bland, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, not the most attractive looking man in the world. And then you get somebody uh, who I, dare you. I I I would say is, is very charismatic. Relatively good-looking man, Lex Luthor, and uh, you team them up, and I think you could get uh, lightning in a bottle. Oh, I think you can. Basically, Lex Luthor currently would be called uh, Jeff Bezos or Bezos. He, he, he would be the yeah, he would be the Amazon of of. Uh, He's a mogul, you know, He's Metropolis. Yeah, he has access to a bunch of uh, laboratories and scientific things and stuff. But if he went the the Jeff route, the Bezos route, we would see a lot of different things. Um, and mind you, we're talking about Lex Luthor, who at one point in time became the president of the United States. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying that that's uh, that's currently the case. But like Lex Luthor becoming president was a was a very scary thing to a lot of people because this is a guy that was a villain for so long with the, the basically the fate of the world in his hands, the free world anyway. And um, so we, we put Luther in this, in this kind of uh, Amazonian world, so to speak, currently. Imagine Luther with the capability to have drones delivering packages <laughs> to everybody's home for whatever they should need. 
Now, how does does Luther get in charge of something like that? Well, that's where Doom comes in on yes, this. with the access to the Doombots. The, not only the Doombots, but his country. His country. Being the testing ground, testing ground for that. Yes. Meaning that they had started the first facility there and are working there and, and then started delivering around his country, around Doom's country. Doom seems how you know efficient this is, and also how devious this can be. Because while you're delivering, you're also scanning. Yes, and you're knowing every location, everybody. You know, we've got Google Maps. I get that, but we're talking an in-depth scan by a drone, 360 around somebody's house, every house in an entire country that lets them in to deliver these packages. And then, and then, when the time is right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you've got them when the time is right. Well, what happens is is that everybody starts to open up worldwide to these deliveries. But some don't trust the drones. They're like, well, we don't want drones, you know, airspace, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, then that's where they put the hubs for delivery. They create these hubs. Well, they need a workforce. What's cheaper in a workforce than Doombots? Yes, robots. Doombots. You have to pay them. Work for free. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to create them. Who's got the backing for that? Besides Doom? Luthor. LexCorp. LexCorp, yeah. And, La- and Latveria has the technology. Together. Latveria has the, uh, has the mysticism element. If they can't figure something out, just create it. Now, mm-hmm. I hate to be the person who's going to pour water on this, as I'm sure you were paying attention earlier when I was talking of Brainiac. Mm-hmm. The reason I think a lot of this would work is because Luthor <sighs> teamed with Brainiac. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities here to that. Now, obviously, where Doom, I think, could have an advantage is that having his own country. That's something... Brainiac, yes, he's a, a keeper of worlds, but those worlds don't want to work for Brainiac. Right. You know, they want to be basically there. But, you know, if you offer people a few bucks, they'll work for Doom. Uh, because, think mm-hmm. about this, Brainiac used the internet to build his own ro- robots. You know, just like the Doom bots. You know, Brainiac obviously uh, teamed with Luthor only because he's like, you know, I need somebody with a 12th level intellect. To, to work with. So, yeah, this is why I believe a lot of this could happen. And I do think there's a massive advantage to not only having Luthor being the former president of the United States, which makes him a very well-known mm-hmm. person, but obviously, too, having the resources that Dr. Doom has. And Brainiac has resources, too, but he doesn't have resources that are necessarily conducive for Earth, the $100 billion of worth and, you know, it, things of that nature. Funny you brought, brought this up because... Kevin and I came up with the idea of, of teaming uh, Luthor with Doom here um, not long ago, and we had no idea that you were going to use Luthor as part of your campaign either. So right. it's funny that both of us have this linchpin in there that's Lex Luthor to, to kind of the tie that binds. Um, tether, I like that. Either way, I, I think that Luthor, his biggest thing against him is his humility and the fact that he doesn't have any. No. He Luthor is pretty much, if he could get away with calling himself Luthor, Luthor says, you know, and <laughs> like Doom does, he would do it, but he can't. He was raised in a savvy businessman world and just happened to be able to create certain things. He's the most human of us. Of course. And he's the most human of these villains. He's probably the most humanistic, the most human villain you'll see across the board because he's so easily relatable to a guy that owns and runs Amazon.com. <laughs> I mean, you know, how how close of a relation do you need a character to be? That's Luthor. That's that's why he's that linchpin for both of our world. He's there to bring in 
the human element. He was uh, McCain saying, "I want uh, Sarah Palin to try to bring in the the the, the you know the female vote expand your base and yeah. to expand the base." Yeah. yeah, he's the humanistic side to expand the base. So, so to Luther speak. can make this stuff happen. Yeah, yeah, Luther can he, make he, stuff he can happen. He can make sell. He can sell it to the public. He definitely could sell it because if at this point in time, if he's not in jail. And and people are still buying his products and stuff. He can sell you anything. The guy's the biggest snake oil, oil salesman in the world. It's just his snake oil happens to work. Well, if you were elected president of the United States, at least by you know numbers, we would have to assume in today's population at least sixty five million people voted for you. Yeah, so enough, obviously, yeah. you know, if you, let's say he had even more people than that voting for him, of course. There will be people that don't like him, but there will be a large group of people that They'll also like him. Like him. So, right. you know, you can sell to that. Product. Yeah, mm-hmm. precisely, because they know your name. You mm-hmm. know, and name recognition is a big deal and when you're people branding. People know the name of Lex Luthor. Yeah. And let's just be real. Amazon is just as convenient as it gets. I mean, this is a company that has legitimately changed the world. Guys, they deliver on Sundays. They saved the post office. The post office was dead. Now the post office is profiting. Like crazy. Because of LexCorp. Yeah. Well, in, in a way, yeah. I mean, they have the post office still deliver this stuff. Um, and, you know, I give credit to eBay there, too, you know, as far as, like, boistering the post office. Yeah. Um, and Federal Express with their FedEx Smart Post teaming with the post office. So if it's lighter packages, they'll deliver to the local post office. The local post office do the final delivery. That helps, you know, bring up the the, the post office revenue and, and helps them stay afloat. They still are losing money in a way, but uh, um, the hemorrhaging hopefully is uh, less than it once was. But as you and I, Donald, together experienced a few years back, going into FedEx is no different than going into a funeral. Oh, my oh God. God. You want to talk about low energy everywhere mm-hmm. god that's a nightmare that's a goddamn nightmare you go in there no one gives a shit really Your i FedEx mean people have been that like that to you uh, yeah i mean well okay so if i have to have uh somebody delivering a package to my place pound for pound it'd be the postal postal service i don't know what it is i've always been pretty lucky with getting nice postal what about workers. ups ups is pretty good ups here in la is shit don't don't even don't even try to get they, they're shit. They say that they'll come at certain times. They deliver hours after hour, like five or six hours late. Well, I have a guy knock on my door at nine p.m. at night delivering <laughs> my package. You're kidding. I shit you not. Nine p.m. at night. I'm like motherfucker. Just wait till tomorrow. You know, like don't bother me now. Let's go to DHL. Nine we officially PM. will not be canvassing UPS to be a sponsor. Right. Why not DHL? DHL doesn't deliver um, like. Nationally, but is they're an international service. Isn't DHL owned by somebody that's also in the transporting postal service, or am I am I missing? Something I'm not sure, okay. uh, but I know that they're big in China and uh, India, and that's how DHL survives. Is that they do very well over there? They know those routes extremely well, and well, they're sure. competitive there. But outside of that, when they tried to break into the to the United States delivery world, they didn't last long. A couple years, I think, maybe three, four years. And they were out the door. They were like, no, nah, we're pulling. We're pulling the plug. They but, just couldn't compete. But Doom and Lex Luthor together could clearly monopolize this service. Monopolize the entire Obviously. planet. Overstock.com will not exist. Oh, no. <laughs> Nor and, should it. And this alliance will produce, I, I believe, a trillion dollars, at least a trillion dollars in revenue. Now, real quick, while we were coming up with these guys, um, 
Did you have any other names that you thought of, somebody that might do something? Well, it's funny. We had a, a quick discussion um, about um, Galactus. Uh, mm-hmm. and you said mm-hmm. he doesn't have the intention to take over the world, which I do agree with you. But coincident- but ironically, he can still do it, even though he doesn't want to. Because I just think he has a sufficient amount of power to be able to do this. And it's a common thread in the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, do they not face, like, the largest villains yeah. <laughs> in, in Fantastic comics? Four has some of the toughest, like, cosmic and yeah, but interdimensional villains. They and, really do. I mean, the crazy... X-Men would shit their pants if they came across some of these oh, people. Oh, yeah. Annihilus, mm-hmm. but, but like, Molecule Man. But, like, Galactus, I mean, in, in many respects, like, Galactus, his just made the mistake, you know, giving the Silver Surfer all the power he did. But the reality is, is that Galactus is kind of an unstoppable force. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he would very, to me, unintentionally be taking over the world. And I'm sure one of you guys is probably going to talk about Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Yeah, Thanos is a... An easy one. I, I wasn't going to actually, I mentioned him in passing when we were talking about Galactus and it popped in my mind. But yeah, Thanos is an easy one just because of the, you know, the 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 gauntlet, Infinity gauntlet. Infinity gauntlet, yeah, and the gems. But even without it, he's still pretty powerful. Even without it, he's pretty powerful. But he wanted to, to be able to erase worlds. And again, I think that's what kind of in a way, like Galactus disqualifies him from that kind of thing because he wants to... He wants to erase worlds. It, the movies is different. A, a lot of people that watch the movies, they were like, oh, um, Thanos uh, wants, uh, you know, to just thinning out the herd. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, Thanos is not Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul wanted to thinning out the herd. Right. He was Thanos before there was Thanos. They took the idea from Ra's al Ghul to create right, the, the idea of the movie Thanos. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because the comic book Thanos from the Infinity um, Gauntlet is a much more darker story in a sense. Because yeah. I guess they figured, well, how do we translate his love for death onto the screen? Now, they kind of teased that at the end of the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But they never really follow through on that per no, se. Not but, at all. But if you read the comic books, he is obsessed with with death yeah like the embodiment of embodiment of death yeah he wants to and and what he thinks yeah that that will please her is creating more death so he wants to kill everything to please death so he could be with her so he could finally be with her If, if everything didn't exist she wouldn't have a job to do and he could be with her and be you know, be her lover, Mr. Death or whatever. It's freaking weird. You know? <laughs> yeah, so translate that to the, to the screen and you're trying to sell a bunch of toys. There was no way on earth they were going to do it that way. No. You know, it's interesting. We attempted to get, get a guest here. Um, hopefully he will come on in a future podcast, but he, in his spare time would run computer programs that revolved around world domination. I'd love to have him come and, and discuss this at some point. But one thing he kept saying is, is that, no matter how many times he ran the simulation, he couldn't find the exact pattern, if you were Thanos, of which half of the world to deliver it, or, or to eliminate. It would have to be completely at random. And, you know, that, that's kind of intriguing to me because Thanos and Ra's al Ghul, you know, to me at least the parallel is uh, there's, there's something political about their choices of, you know, thing, thinning out the herd 
they think they're doing good, but obviously they're not, and nor should they be the ones that are deciding to do this. But what fascinates me so much about Ra's al Ghul, that he doesn't have anywhere near the superpowers Thanos does, yet the determination, the intelligence, the, will. the ability to basically corrupt every level of every government in order shadows, to get what he wants. Like, shadows. I mm-hmm. mean, that's... That, to me, is very impressive for storytelling purposes. Yeah. Because there is a lot of reality to this. I mean, how many corrupt governments currently are in the world as we speak? Dozens, you know? dozens, dozens. They call it genocide. He calls it, you know, saving the earth. Freedom. You, really. I mean, it, that's what it is. That's that, that's what he's spinning it as in yeah, his absolutely. head. It's straight up genocide. But he's like, oh, you know. I mean, it, it, he's not trying to wipe out, like, let's get rid of every, every uh, you know, uh, every person group. from Africa or right. whatever, right? Like He's not trying to do that. But if they're a dumb person, <laughs> yeah, you can go. You know what I mean? Like he's Raj Al Ghul is very specific in the fact that he wants people uh, that will create a higher stock of human. He he wanted the Batman. He wanted Bruce Wayne to be of the the bow of his daughter Talia. Because he wanted to create an, a superior stock, he wanted to create a superior child. So he was using some which kind was of Damian. eugenics, like, like a eugenics in a way. Yeah, in a way, yeah. So totally, he, yeah. By the way, did you like Liam Neeson? Is that Ra's al Ghul? I did. Um, of course, they tricked us originally. We right. Thought, we thought it was. Uh, I prefer Ken, Ken, Ken Watanabe. I prefer Ken Watanabe because of the, the you know, the look. Uh, the look, and um, Ken's a solid actor. You know, I like him. Um, but that twist was nice, but. There was just too much in that movie I didn't like mm-hmm. for me to, to say it was a, a good movie by any means for me. I, I don't know. I, I stick with the Burton Batman. Both of them, actually, I really like. Another one I wanted to mention real quick. You mentioned it earlier, briefly, Magneto. Yeah. Now, that is, of course, one of the great, another great complex villain. Yep. Because he believes he's doing the right thing. You know, he's suffering. It's nothing more dangerous than a man that believes he's, he's doing the right he's thing. Exactly right. I mean, he saw oppression from his um, ethnic or what we call it, ethnic or religious origin as a Jewish person and suffering from the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And then his mutant powers and wanting to. He was to in a concentration camp. Concentration he had a camp. stamp on his, on his arm. On his arm. But then as a mutant and seeing the persecution that mutants are going through, he's like, oh, no, 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 we're not having this. Mm-hmm. You know, he believes that mutants should be the top. So since you're putting us down, we're more powerful, we're superior. We're after all called homo superior. Therefore, we need to dominate this world. But what's interesting to me that I think really needs to be brought up is his, and it doesn't get talked about enough with Magneto, because Mm -hmm. obviously he has overwhelming powers. One that doesn't get talked about is he's able to convince very dangerous mutants to carry out his plan. Well, hey, Mm -hmm. there's a double meaning behind that name, isn't it? Behind his being the master of magnetism. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, very charismatic. Look, and I'm telling you, you know, I mean, of course, you know, for my money, Ian McKellen was was excellent casting, and Fassbender was as well. Yeah, yes. they did those right. They did them in a different way. Ian, uh, I was really not digging the casting when he was first announced. I was like, this old, frail, white dude is playing, you know, like, this guy's going to fall over and break himself. What's happening? But the gravitas that he brought to the role That's what you like. sold me on it. And it, I began to realize... Yeah, Magneto can't be how he is in the comics. He can't be rippled, you know, stacked chest and, you know, like built like Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. Dude's like in his 70s. <laughs> 67, you know? 67, yeah. 70s, yeah. Like he can't be like that. 
But then, not if we're talking that timeline. Right. And then the younger Fassbender, now you're getting like, you know, you're, you're getting more sympathetic. You're, you're learning where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, ah, like, uh, yeah, okay. so They did that character right, I feel. They did Magneto right. Oh, yeah. And in many ways, I think a lot of the characters were done pretty well. The storylines are debatable. And, and yeah. I, oh, yeah. And we I, could do I, a whole pod on, on all the X-Men movies and which ones work. In fact, we should. And which, you know, actually, which ones we, should be executed. We, you know, for... it's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I know this friend of a show is, is is a producer of one of the X-Men films. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm feeling saucy. I'll hit him up on an email if he's not out of the country. And maybe we can talk X-Men a little bit. That would be awesome. And we will be very polite about it, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'll keep all my article of clothes on. No problem. <laughs> um, one other thing real quick about Magneto I wanted to mention. Uh, the fact that, uh, and I know we mentioned this in an, an earlier podcast, one of the superhero smackdowns, Magneto has the capability to uh, change chemicals in the brain um, because he can affect certain um, metals, precious mm-hmm. metals and mm-hmm. things, uh, iron content and, uh, you know, saw X-Men too. gold and mercury and all these things that are in your body. Um, he can manipulate the mind in a way, subtly. Mm-hmm. So he can almost do what uh the purple man can do um he can almost do what brainiac can do or starro or his buddy xavier, or buddy xavier right in a way. yeah twist people to charismatically or magnetically believe in him and his thought process but he doesn't almost even doesn't really even need to do that because he's just so goddamn charismatic and charming he's just just good at what he does you can't be a super villain and be super dumb this is just not how this works. No. You understand? Like, I mean, there's a big difference in intelligence between Magneto and the Rhino. Okay? it's or just Cal- Caliban. It just is mm-hmm. what it is, you mm-hmm. know? Um, which, by the way, Paul Giamatti, best Rhino ever. Only Rhino ever. But best Rhino ever. Yeah. By default, he's the best Rhino we've seen on the big screen. And it's funny. You know what's funny about that? His... his uh, um, co-star um, from Sideways was in another Spider-Man movie, a Sandman. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It was just a... No, Sam... Watch, watch Sideways. It's a better film than either of those two. <laughs> well, well, of course, of course. Well, Sandman, though, I mean, what's interesting, too, is, like, Sandman was... I like the Sandman character. I know Donald and I disagree as far as the comic books are concerned. But my thing is, I think we can all agree Sandman was done absolutely incorrectly in every single way in Spider-Man Part 3, and it damaged the movie for me in many respects. Absolutely. Absolutely, just shit all over that character. Yeah, how about emo Peter Parker? But I'll say, we still feeling emo Peter Parker. Well, yeah. well, I'll, I'll say this, fellas: I would watch that Spider-Man three ten times over before I watch the Last Jedi again. Oh wow, we're or, getting off topic here. But or Amazing yeah. Spider-Man two, for that matter. I, you know, I, it's funny. I, I've yet to watch it because you, you warned me about it. So I said, okay. But that's going to be a podcast in of itself. I won't waste just, my time on that Your one. facial responses to watching Amazing Spider-Man 2. We're just going to record that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not many. Look, I have a high tolerance. I almost walked right out of that thing. Blade Trinity I almost walked out of. Yeah, but Bla- Blade Trinity at least had, you know, Jessica Biel looking hot. Like, I, I'm yeah, confused. Yeah. And for other people, Ryan Reynolds looking hot. Yeah, you know, true. whatever you decide is hot, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and not, you know, not the, to not the to fake, be a, the fake Dracula, not to be a hater here, but I <laughs> Dominic Parcell, yeah, Drake, Dane Dahan as Norman Osborn. I don't even know where that was generated from. Somebody Who was came drunk. up with this idea. Mm-hmm. Bad choice. Yeah, Bad we're choice. really rambling here, so I feel like maybe we should be concluding this right about now. absolutely. With uh, that, please find us on uh, YouTube. Find us on Instagram. iTunes. Instagram. If you have a ton of patience, find us on Sprecher. Yes. Uh, Spotify. Uh, Facebook and uh, Google Play Music as well. Yes, and from time to time. 
YouTube live stream. Yeah, yeah. We will be doing uh, more YouTube live streams as uh, as we go along, and uh, we've got some exciting plans in the works, and uh, you know, we hope that uh, you can join us in that. And uh, if you can't, maybe someday we'll see you at Doom's Comic Shop. This has been The Real Short Box. We'll see you at the comic shop. Thanks for listening. 